Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Bob Mendelson, and this is the Bob's Your Uncle podcast. Today we visit with Jared Altick, a police chaplain from Kansas City who has his own podcast and who's often interviewed about homicides. Let's see where this one goes. Thanks for joining me for this Bob's Your Uncle podcast, Season 3, Episode 34. Of note, the opinions are strictly my own and those of my guests. Note the music, Mendelssohn's Violin Concerto in E minor. You can now find us and comment to us wherever you get your podcasts. Tell us what matters to you, what triggers your joy, what bothers you in the world. Let us know. We'll see where the spirit leads us. You might be on the road in Kansas City or at the gym in Sydney, wherever you are. Thanks for being with us these 18 minutes. This date in history, the 15th of August, in 1057, Macbeth, the King of Scots, was killed in battle by Malcolm, the eldest son of Duncan I. In 1914, the Panama Canal opened to ships. In 1969, the Woodstock Music and Art Fair opens its doors to participants and spectators at Yazgur's Farm. Over 400,000 hippies attended the festival thought to be the key moment in the anti-establishment government. In 1971, Bahrain proclaimed independence from the United Kingdom. And finally, in 1977, American singer Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll, died of a heart attack brought on largely by drug abuse. And that's the historical marker of the week. Jared Altick, thanks for joining me today on the Bob's Your Uncle podcast. Jared, okay, let's let's clear things up right away. You are a policeman from Kansas City, and although I was raised there, this is not an official visit by you. That is, you're not seeking an extradition from the Australian government to bring, <laughs> to bring me back to pay a $10 parking fine from 1977, are you? No, no, no. And and I'm technically, I'm not a sworn officer. Um, I'm a police chaplain. And uh, my day job is I work at a church. And so, so no, and I don't want to remove you because you have absolutely the easiest to understand Australian accent I think I've ever heard. 
And so. <laughs> Fair dinkum. Okay, that's good that we cleared that up. Someone asked me the other day if my podcast had become a show about health and wellness, perhaps, although it's a wide brush, but you have a keen interest in cops being healthier. How yes. do you plan to market that? Do you have a punch list? Um, to market it? No. Um, my intention is to to make an impact in a small area. And so as a police chaplain, uh, I go in to the meetings that they have at the beginning of their shift, and I get to know the few hundred officers that are in my department that are in the patrol division. So these are mostly young officers, uh, mostly male. And and they are working a very stressful job. And I'm going to go in and I'm going to be there at the police station. I'm going to arrange ride along. So I'm going to be in the car with them and I'm going to to share their grief and their discomfort. If it's standing out in the snow uh, while they're you know manning the yellow tape around a crime scene or if it's just the stress of pulling up behind a car and not knowing who's in that car and what may happen, I'm going to be there with them and share that with them. And I can make a difference in a small number of officers. And so there are dozens of officers that I'm close with. There's hundreds of officers I'm acquainted with, but I can't save thousands or tens of thousands. I can't uh, help with the divorce rate, the alcoholism rate, or the suicide rate for for tens of thousands of officers, just a few hundred. But it's like the old story about the boy throwing starfish back in the ocean. If uh, if it if it helps this one, then it's worth doing. Even if you can't save them all, it, it helps the one I'm throwing back in the water right now. I like that. Uh, you have a wife and family. How, how does your wife handle your being a chaplain? You ride along with cops, especially if there's trouble with a gunman or such and you're on duty? I, I am a big target. Um, I'm a big, tall guy, and and that is a little bit unnerving. Uh, I A lot of chaplains do wear bulletproof vests. Uh, I don't have one right now. They're kind of expensive. And and my wife and several of my chaplain friends would very much like me like me to have one. But uh, but I feel like I do a pretty good job of of staying where I belong and not getting involved because even though I'm in the car or I'm on the scene, I don't believe that I'm a police officer. I don't I don't confuse my role. I'm not there to enforce the law. I'm there to support that officer and maybe to share in his misery, but but not necessarily to get involved. I cert certainly would not open the door and let someone get away, but but I'm not there to wrestle anybody or get into a gunfight. And uh, the cars that we ride in actually do have Kevlar panels in the door. And so if I felt like it was very risky, I could stand behind the door of one of our patrol cars and have some protection. I, I don't know the term. What's a Kevlar panel? Uh, Ke uh, Kevlar is a material that's bulletproof. Uh, yeah. You, and so, yeah. On your shirt or whatever you wear when you go out in your ride along, do you... Does it say chaplain or don't shoot yes. or something? Yes, like it that? does. Uh, <laughs> don't shoot. I don't know. Uh, the problem is even when I'm wearing a jacket or a shirt that says the word chaplain across it, people don't know what that means. And so I walk in as a middle-aged white male and they assume that I'm some sort of commander or in charge of something. I'm in charge of just about nothing. 
And so, <laughs> and so, so yeah, people sometimes will start talking to me and I'll just gesture and say, no, you want to speak to these officers here. Uh, I'm just the chaplain and they don't know what that is. And that's, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. If I respond out to a homicide scene, I, I will explain to the victim's families that, that I am a type of uh, minister or priest who works for the police department. And I am here to help short term get you through this crisis and help find helpers that are going to help you long term. Uh, but I can help you out here and explain things, kind of be a liaison between the department and and the uh, citizens. And I can explain why the CSI techs are taking so long or or what we're waiting for right now before the body is moved. I can help explain some of that and ease some of the pain of that trauma. There are plenty of pains. Uh, look, yeah. <laughs> how many years or decades have you been a Kansas University Jayhawk fan? Oh, I was born in Lawrence, and so and so I came by it naturally. You were you <laughs> born at the Hill. Um, um, my son was born at Lawrence uh, Memorial General. Whatever. Yes, that's the hospital. Yeah, yeah. forty-four years ago, and. Uh, He's still going. He's here in Sydney. How how about those Chiefs? You 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 a uh, you a Chiefs? Yeah, fan? yeah. Well, it's very easy to be a Chiefs fan right now when they're going to the playoffs every single year and winning Super Bowls. And so, yes, it's very easy to be a sports fan in Kansas City. Um, you know, we had a, a few good years with the Royals a few years back, and so there's always a sports team somewhere in the area that's doing okay, and uh, it's yeah. a nice place to live. Get it. And do you do you subscribe to the Kansas City uh, newspaper? No, years ago I did. Um, the Kansas City Star was right. the newspaper here for years and years. There's, they still exist, uh, but but I tell you, it was it, it was hard to justify continuing to pay for a newspaper as you know as the internet became just more accessible over the decades and and uh, yeah, it just. Kansas City Star probably wasn't my flavor anyway. It probably probably wasn't their their uh, opinion columns probably didn't suit me, and so that's fine. Yeah, you know, when I was a kid, I read the Kansas City Times. That was the morning. Oh paper. wow, that's and going back. Star, yeah, and the Star was the evening paper, and they had two papers a day. <laughs> and there was a guy that they advertised. He had a column in there called uh, "My Answer" by Billy Graham. I didn't know mm. who that was. But he talked about God a lot, and he seemed to have a good following. He was on television now and then. Uh, hey, I get the impression that you're a tough guy, but you're also a <laughs> born-again Christian, and you attend church yes. regularly. Yes. Aren't those oxymoronic? That is, aren't Christians all like that Billy Graham guy, meek and mild? No, and it is interesting that there is a strong... Um, uh, I hate to say feminine quality, but 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 Christianity is not entirely masculine. And so sometimes the feminine side of Christianity, the uh, meekness, the the humility, sometimes those less aggressive traits do kind of emerge. And so people end up thinking that Christianity is only for women, you know, or it's a very weak religion. Uh, but honestly, Jesus does a very good job of showing both sides. And and if you read the Jesus of the Gospels, you see a very masculine, very tough, 
um, very assertive person. And so there's room for those personalities as well. Uh, and that's something I have have trouble sometimes communicating and convincing people that, hey, if you're, uh, we're close to a, to a military fort here and we have, of course, police officers and firefighters in the area. And I'm saying, hey, it's it's okay to be a big, tough, masculine guy and, and believe the truth of the gospel. As a police chaplain, you're there to counsel bereaved. You help fellow cops handle the stresses of life on the job. What what is your go-to helpful method of counseling? Um, shutting up. Uh, it is my nature to talk and talk and talk and talk. I'm a teacher by nature. I want to explain everything. Someone asks a question like, you know, what's the meaning of life? And I'm like, oh, that's easy. Let me explain. I've got a, <laughs> I've got ten points and and a PowerPoint to you know to illustrate it. And it is smarter for me to shut up and listen and sympathize to sit with someone in their grief uh that gets far more um that creates a deeper bond and develops trust uh the the truth of the gospel is plain to me but the right to share it is something that has to be earned and and cops are a very suspicious bunch. They're they're leery. They see the worst of society. They have their nose rubbed in it every day, and they are used to everybody lying to them all the time. And so, if I come along and say, "Hey, you really ought to think about Jesus Christ," it would be smart if I've earned the right to say that before I start saying it. Well. This is uh, this is a, a delight for me to talk with you. I, let me get you some quick answers if I can. Sure. Uh, your choice: hunting or fishing? Hunting. I'm a gun guy. I like to shoot, even if it's just target shooting. Yeah. yeah don't don't tell um, the, the Australians who think <laughs> all Americans. Are, uh, sorry. Quick answers: uh, Chiefs or Royals? Chiefs. I'm a football Fire, guy. Firemen or paramedics? Um, paramedics, paramedics, old, old or new Testament. Oh, the older I get, the more I appreciate the old, the old is there. It's important. Yeah. Super Mario or Batman. Oh, uh, I am newly appreciating Batman. Batman is a favorite superhero among cops. That is a very common police officer trait is that they love Batman. And so I'm kind of seeing Batman in a new light now. Great. Hey, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> Jared, is there anything else you want to share with the worldwide Bob's Your Uncle podcast audience? Uh, sure. Yes, I'm always recruiting. We need good, thoughtful, mature Christian men and women who can be police chaplains. There is training online. I'm not advocating any particular training organization, but you can find training. And if you have a heart to love police officers worldwide, we need people who can counsel and encourage and support. And there's all kinds of different chaplains, chaplains with different strengths and whatever. Like I said, I'm a patrol chaplain. I get I get involved. I, I show up at the police station. I had to go through background checks and some training and stuff before I was allowed. But I, I'm allowed in the in the patrol car and in the patrol station. And I am willing to invest in these men and women for years 
to earn their trust and to show that somebody cares about them. And that needs to be done at police agencies across the world. I need 10,000 more of me. And so, so I'm looking to recruit. <laughs> 10,000, get that starfish going. Hey, that's right. <laughs> hey, thanks so much, brother, for joining me on the show today. And I, I pray God's blessings and favor be upon you as summer draws to a close there. Winter, please God, is ending here. And you continue <laughs> to serve the Lord with gladness this day and throughout your days. It's a joy to meet you. Thanks. Thank you so much, Bob. What do you think about all this? Write me on bobmendo at aol.com or comment or even video to me on Instagram or Twitter at Bob's Your Uncle PC. I'd love to know what you think about all this. Don't forget to post a review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're getting your podcasts. And also, don't forget to subscribe. from the number one bestseller of all time, the Bible, and today's no different. From Psalm 119, This is my comfort in my affliction, that your word has revived me. Next week, we'll be sharing with Suzanne Scullion from the USA, a financial consultant with a group called GRACE. Next week, 22nd of August, 2023, wherever you get podcasts. Until then, from me, Bob Mendelson, when things seem bleak or uncertain, look up to God. He's in his heaven, and Bob's your uncle. Shalom from Sydney. Sydney.